but the most exciting thing is just that we've never had any facility that's anywhere close to as good working at this those wavelengths. So everything we see is new. Good Wednesday morning, and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm Palak Jaiswal. There's a popular saying from Star Trek that says space is the final frontier, a place where no one has gone before. And thanks to a new telescope at NASA, that final frontier is starting to come in a little bit clearer. Infrared images captured from the James Webb Space Telescope were shared with the public this week, offering a sparkling clear view of cosmos, galaxies, and stars. Managing editor Grant Burningham talks to Anil Seth, a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of Utah, about what the new telescope and these images can offer us. So with us to talk about the James Webb Telescope and what it's showing us about the universe is Professor Anil Seth. He's a professor at the University of Utah of physics and astronomy. Uh, Anil, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Grant. Why don't you tell us, first of all, what we're seeing come from this telescope right now? Yeah, so... Uh... The JWST, or James Webb Space Telescope, is this really spectacular new uh, telescope that's really, really far away, uh, beyond the orbit of the moon, away from the Earth. And it's, um, it's got a couple superpowers. One, it's really big. Uh, so its mirror is about 10 times bigger than Hubble, which means it collects about 10 times the amount of light that Hubble uh, can collect. And so that means we can see things that are 10 times fainter. Uh, but the other thing that's really cool about it is that it is uh, it is designed to work at longer wavelengths than the Hubble Space Telescope. So Hubble works primarily at the same wavelengths of light that we see, uh, but James, the James Webb Space Telescope is optimized for the infrared part of the spectrum. And there's a lot of exciting parts of that, but the most exciting thing is just that we've never had any facility that's anywhere close to as good working at this those wavelengths. So uh, everything we see is new in some ways. Okay, so no one can see this because it's a podcast, but your Zoom background right now is the first image which was released from this telescope from yesterday. I'm going to try and describe it for people who haven't seen it. It is like the classic kind of you're about to get on Space Mountain look at a, a universe and there's these galaxies that are showing up everywhere. And the amazing thing about this that jumped out at me, uh, this was the caption which was released from NASA, and it says, thousands of galaxies, including the faintest objects ever observed in, in the infrared, have appeared in Webb's view for the first time. This slice of the vast universe covers a patch of sky approximately the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length by someone on the ground. So I've been spending a good portion of today kind of uh, just letting my mind be blown by that fact. I wonder, for someone like you who has spent so much time on this, is today kind of like Christmas? Like, what what are you thinking about? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the funny thing is that uh, the, the telescope launched on Christmas. So Christmas was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot more nervous. Uh, you know, I knew that we, we kind of knew that the telescope was working pretty well. So uh, this is this is the uh, this is like the Christmas where you get to see the presents that you asked for, I guess. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, the it's definitely really spectacular. I I think, you know, that this image that uh, I have as my background, which is that first one that was released, is in what we call a deep field, meaning they pointed at an area of space that 
is not exactly empty, but uh, you know, doesn't have a lot of bright stars or anything like that, but it does have this big galaxy cluster. Uh, and that galaxy cluster is actually uh, magnifying the background objects behind it. So those the streaks that you see in the image are actually um, kind of distorted versions of galaxies that lie behind the galaxy cluster. So there's these kind of white balls of stuff, uh, and those are the, the galaxies in the, in the foreground. And those galaxies are so far away already that they were, that was right around the time when the Earth was forming. So they're about four and a half billion light years away. So that's right about the age of the Earth. So these are these things are already super distant, but then all the objects behind it are things that are from the first billion or two billion years uh, after the beginning of our universe. Uh, and so that's pretty spectacular to see. Um, and I guess the like the there's one really like I, I work on nearby galaxies mostly actually. But there's one really cool thing, like we, these distant galaxies, we can see some of the things that we can see in nearby galaxies now in these distant galaxies. And in particular, there's all these little dots around all the galaxies. And those dots are actually uh, clusters of hundreds of thousands or millions of stars that are all swarming around each other and orbiting around these galaxies. Um, and, and we've never been able to see those around galaxies this distant, and it's pretty spectacular. We knew, we knew they were there because we can see them in our Milky Way. We knew they formed really early in the universe but we've never been able to see them before. So that to me is like, was the kind of coolest little uh, surprise, I guess, uh, in, in the images. So how this works is scientists such as yourself have to kind of apply to get some time with this telescope. And you were actually one of the first projects which was accepted. So you have some time upcoming on this telescope or have you already... Uh, First images that I have uh, are were taken on July fourth. So, uh, so the um, so I but I don't I haven't gotten to see them yet. So they they waited. They're kind of embargoed everything until after they released this first set of data because they knew you know we wouldn't be able to keep ourselves quiet about <laughs> if they gave us our images we would totally leak them to everyone. Um, so uh, so that I think I'll get them tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I'll be able to look at those images. So. Um, yeah, so the way that it works is that anyone can apply for time. It happens once a year. There's a call for proposals, uh, there, or there will be a call for proposals once every year. Um, and uh, the, the projects, the, a panel of, I think last time it was a couple hundred uh, um, astronomers, then look through all the projects and, and grade them. And the ones that are most interesting get, get time. So kind of give us a, a grade school level explanation here of what you're hoping to find out about the universe. Yeah, so my project is focused around the black holes that we see at the centers of galaxies. So uh, even in this image, actually, we can see a bunch of some of the, the press release images uh, at the centers of galaxies. There's these like uh, star-like things coming out, uh, like little um, diffraction spikes is what we call them. And those are actually that's actually coming from material that's falling onto black holes at the centers of these galaxies and lighting up the area around those black holes. And the work that I'm trying to uh, trying to do is is make web more useful for studying not just the really bright ones that we can see like at the centers of some of these images, but also really faint ones. Uh, and so we don't actually know all the different environments that black holes live at the centers of galaxies in our universe. We know that in like galaxies, big galaxies like our Milky Way, there's a black hole in every single one, but like there's a, most of the galaxies in the universe are small and we don't know whether those have black holes in them. And what we're trying to do is get 
kind of templates or or like a, a snapshot of what black holes, very faint black holes look like. So that then we can target and figure out with the future web images or maybe even the ones that have already been taken, uh, we can figure out whether black holes are present in these other galaxies. So we're basically taking taking images uh, and it's actually a, a series of images at many different wavelengths. So it's what we call a spectrum. Uh, and it's like it's basically like breaking the light into a rainbow. And then we're looking for special features in that rainbow, you know, areas like green lights a little brighter, that kind of thing. And then that uh, from that we can find out that these are the kind of signatures of black holes. There's been like a few astronomy images which have really captured people's attention. There was the first picture of the whole Earth. There was Carl Sagan turning Voyager around and snapping that, that it's called the blue dot image of just a, a tiny pixel of Earth. And then there was kind of the, the Hubble deep field, which this kind of expands on. Where would you rank this one? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, those are all firsts in some ways. Um, and these are these are these images are also first in the sense that they're the first time we're ever seeing the universe in this way, right? Uh, so I, you know, this is a really spectacular telescope. It's like I, I don't, you know, it's spectacularly expensive. Took a spectacularly long period of time. Um, I really think that they kind of, you know, at least for me, I plan I will be using. I'm sure this image that I'm that's behind me in, in on this uh, zoom background, which is this you know first deep field image. I'm sure I'll be using it uh, in my classes for years now. You know, uh, so I, I do think they'll be kind of iconic. Um, although I also expect that there'll be many more new images coming from JWST that that may kind of take that place. You know, I feel like also with Hubble, there was you know the pillars of creation was a pretty. Uh, you know, it's on t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. I, I expect that you'll start seeing that for some of these images too. Um, I think for us uh, amateur astronomers, we have this sense of awe when we look up at the stars or when we see these images come back. I wonder as a professional, does that go away or does it deepen? Yeah, definitely doesn't go away at all, at least for me. Uh, I find it like awesome. I so just a few nights ago, I was uh, doing an outreach event where I was showing people a globular cluster in our galaxy through a telescope. And I still, every time I do that, I, I love, I, I get that same kind of sense of wonder and awe. Um, and so for me, I guess I feel like it maybe, I mean, I don't mean to, but I feel like it kind of deepens the appreciation you have to be able to look at an image and like see what's, how many things are amazing about it, right? So these, there's just so many ways in which these images are um, unparalleled compared to previous images. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these side-by-sides now on the internet of the Hubble image of, of the same region and then the James Webb Space Telescope image. And uh, it's, it's just, it's a pretty, um, it's pretty spectacular to see that difference. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I'm, I'm in awe <laughs> for sure. All right, Neil, thank you so much for talking to us today. And that's it for today's episode. A huge shout out to the Salt Lake City band, The Pelicans, for our music, and to Danny Rubio for producing today's episode. We'll be back with the day's biggest headlines tomorrow.